Hello, welcome along to the Wise Men Say Reaction Podcast. I'm your host for the evening, Mickey Loff, and I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Mark McFadden, ALS Gaffer, and I'm joined by ALS writer Michael Conroy as well. So we're through to Wembley after all the years of hurt we've had to endure. So what do you think of tonight's performance, lads? Mint. <laughs> I think um, the word I think the word you used to describe it coming out was comfortable, despite the fact you were shitting yourself before the game. Well, yeah, just because just because I want to see something win at Wembley for the first time in my lifetime, even if it's like not like a massive cup. And I think it's good that we've you know we've taken it seriously throughout and and like rotated the team enough. But Jack Ross has got the team selection right, and and like now we're at Wembley to. It's a good day out for the fans, and you know, I know it's like I know Newcastle fans will probably take the pace and say it's a Mickey Mouse Club, but it's another trophy that they've never won. So there you go. Exactly. I mean, you look at like Liverpool, you look at Man United, you look at all these teams. They've never won the Czech trade, and I think um, Sunderland, <laughs> <laughs> Sunderland are now with a chance of winning the Czech trade. Um, but yeah, it's right. It's, it, it, it's a big day at Wembley, and it's it's a massive day for the fans and. Yeah, it's a Tim Pot trophy, all that sort of shit, but it's a big day for the yeah. fans, and it, it means so much. It means so much to the like the club and the the people around the city and everything, just to actually have a bit of silverware there. You know what I mean? I, I mean, the reality is on the day as well. It's going to be against Portsmouth, who are also a massive club for the level. So there's, there's potential to be eighty thousand supporters there on the day, and it won't just be. 80,000 um, people with a few fans chucked in with all the suits there's going to be 80,000 fans who possibly have been through a lot as well so I think it'll be a great spectacle despite the fact like you say it's maybe not the most prestigious of tournaments I think it's a very prestigious final and I'm absolutely delighted that we've made it I mean I wrote an article for ALS back um, before the Morton game I believe where I talked about um, the fact that Brian Clough really prioritised this competition um, not this competition, sorry, but the Anglo-Scottish Cup. I think it was back in the back in the day, mm. and um, they won that cup. And I think his phrase was that the lads tasted champagne. And they found that they liked it. So basically, that brought the winning mentality to Nottingham Forest. At seven of that start, eleven start the European Cup final. Now, well, to be fair, yeah, right, I'm saying we are going to win the Champions League in seven years' time. <laughs> no, no, no. But but to be serious, um, obviously, I'm not saying we're going to like scale those heights, but. It does bring a winning mentality when we've been on a slide for so long and we've had a loser mentality. As I say, it's just absolutely delightful in the final. Um, on the team selection, you touched on it there, Martin. Um, what do you think of it tonight? I was surprised in a way at how strong we went with um, the likes of McLaughlin starting. And what do you make of it? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was ideal. You know, I mean, obviously he he didn't bring uh, James or Canimal with him. Um, and obviously Canimal's been playing great with Brian Ledbetter, but I think, like I say, throughout the throughout the, throughout the competition, we've, we've kind of picked the right team to, to win the games, and we did again tonight. And always remember, like, the, the selection went down to Hull in the sixth round of the FA Cup, and everyone were having a brilliant day in the sunshine, having a few beers, and then we have seen the team that Gus Poyet picked that I thought was disrespectful to Sunderland fans. Um, and, Jack Ross didn't do that tonight and we're in the final so um, and I think as well you know it's a Tuesday game against a team that we've played a few times this year when you would expect from them um, and there was a bit of a worry it could be like a Walsall situation you know where we've played them so many times that they'd, they'd know how to they know how to stop us but I think it worked I mean it worked out perfectly they didn't really trouble us we scored goals at crucial times and I think he got the selection right it's good to see 
Matthews back. Good to see Denver Hume on the bench. Obviously, I was I was upset that George Hunnaman got injured because Maguire's out as well. So we'll just have to see how bad that is. But it didn't it didn't look uh, it didn't look very clever. It was um, quite a comfortable win in the end tonight. So was there any players you think um, stood out for us all for ninety minutes? I think for me personally, just come back to Martin's point there. I think it was really 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 important for um, for them to put a strong team out tonight because going back that whole game you know Sonnen supporters travelled down that whole game and they were really disappointed with you know the team they got put out for that game there were a huge amount of Sonnen supporters went down for that game tonight if they put a weak team out tonight and said actually this trophy doesn't matter yeah that would have been an awful, awful thing to say to the Sunderland supporters who, who exactly. travelled down because because they expect that that, that trip when they expect us to go to Bristol Rovers, expect us to turn that team over and you know actually get a result. In terms of players tonight, I think ultimately McGeady showed his class. Yeah. I think um, I think Greg struggled against you know some. Big burly sent forwards, sent defenders rather, um, because he's by himself up there. Um, I think Morgan played really well. Other than that, I'd hesitate to pick a single player up yeah. because I think I think as a whole, Sonnen were really good on the attacking on the attacking front. I thought you, I thought you could tell from like the body language that the players, you know, when we had like corners and stuff like that, they, they felt comfortable. They looked comfortable, it was like a comfortable win and was getting those two goals in those crucial times was, was really good. Um, and it was nice to be able to sort of use all the subs and, and take people off. And, you know, Bagini looked tired, um, he'd done his job, so he'd be fresher on Saturday. I think overall it was like a professional performance. We, you know, like earlier on the season we probably would have got dragged in and conceded a load more corners and and they might have nicked a goal, or they, they might have even scored a goal before we got going, because that, that's what was happening. But you know, it's, I think we seem to be kind of, obviously we've won four matches on, a, on, on the road now, yep, I think, yep. you know, it's like, we're, we're going through a good spell, and I think if we can just maintain that. I feel what the most impressive thing as well about our recent results is, it's not the fact we're just winning games, it's the fact that, like you say, we're comfortable, good, solid team performances. And I feel that's been lacking a little bit this season, because I think all too often, we haven't played that well, but individuals such as Aidan McGeady have shown the class and they've bailed us out really, so yeah. ultimately we've won games as a result of individuals. But I feel the Bristol Rovers late game well, was a really professional performance, I think everyone had a really good game. You could have maybe singled out four or five man of the matches against Plymouth in the first half on Saturday. I think that's the best I've seen us play at home since Barnsley maybe. Mm. And then today, again, it maybe wasn't the most spark performance you'll ever see, but it was professional, we got the job done, and we've got the Wembley. So I think certainly from a fan's point of view, and definitely from Jack Ross and the coach's perspective, I think that's as good as you can go for, because it's a lot, it's very satisfying when um, the collective performs, rather than maybe a couple of individuals excelling and getting us the results. I think it's absolutely right, and I think, you know, you look back at the Plymouth game, that first half performance actually lifted lifted the crowd massively. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, we, we've talked about like the Roker end or the South Stand, whatever you want to call it. You know, it's a Roker end now. 
I think that first half performance made the Rover end different. It did, yeah. It was certainly yeah, the best atmosphere I've known for a home game for quite a while on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I, I think McGeady was a big part of that. He was, yeah. Um, I think 09 was a big part of that. Well, actually. Um, like I said, I don't, I don't think 09 had the best game of his life tonight. Uh-huh. But, um, but that game, he made a big difference because he gave that fight, that energy. And I, think, I, I, I think that header that he won just before Sonnen scored against Plymouth um, changed the game. Yeah. Because it was it gave us that fight and I think we had that fight again tonight and I think um, the team performance, what you were saying before, that's the difference between like Sonnen now and Sonnen where they were before because yeah, we were relying on a single player, we are relying on you know, individual performance, yeah. whereas now we know they've got a team that's like clicking together and they're yeah. passing the ball left, right and centre. It's, it's slick. It's really, it is, it really is. It looks slick. fluid, doesn't it, now? Yeah, 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 it looks really fluid. And that's that. That's a huge difference. Yeah. And I think I think from here, we can really push on if we get the crowd behind yeah. us. And I think, you know, yeah. we can steamroll this league yeah. given the right circumstances. I think as well as face volumes of Jack Rossett, he's not only got the best out of the likes of in McGeady, but he's also got the best out of the likes of Blue War Knight. And I do believe we've got a really good mix now with the squad. And I think it's excellent the fact he's managed to manage um, some of the bigger egos in the squad, like your McGeady's um, and, and other players who are of a higher stature than him, who are maybe he's a bit too good for this league. Lee Catamore probably comes in the back category as well. But he's also brought through the likes of Luke or Nine, who's improved the team. I think it's probably arguable, the exceptions of maybe Glenn Leuvens and Ali Mosterm, that every sign that he's made has improved the side, every sign that Jack Ross has made. And I think that's absolute testament to him, and I think that everybody's played the part this season. Yeah, I think that's a good point about Leuvens and, and Ozturk, because I think they're the, probably the only two signings that would be classed as like failures. It's just, it's just quite unfortunate they were both in the same position. Um, I mean, I think Ozturk, he's a little bit unlucky, because apart from the Charlton game and that mistake he made against Sheffield Wednesday, I think he has looked all right when he's come on, and he's yeah, still going to check a trade game. As cover, but like not... But like not um, it was obviously we needed to sign like a, a strong, powerful centre half because although Baldwin and Flanagan have had good seasons, Baldwin's prone to error and they're both a little bit sort of like lightweight for the for the size of the players they're playing against. But I think Dunn started off quite well and then he made that mistake in Oxford, lost his confidence. But I thought he was really good tonight. Um, so I was really happy about that because obviously those, these are the players that we've got to deal with for the rest of the like that we've got at our yeah, disposal for the rest of the season. So there's no point in kind of saying like, oh, well he's not good enough, he's not good enough. We're not going to bring anybody else in, are we? You know. No. Um, so I think like I think Dunn had a powerful performance tonight on, on quite a difficult pitch, and um, and obviously like they've got big guys up front and like the no bugs. I mean they had they had a good win over the weekend, didn't they? Um, They've been in a good win of form as well in the league before we played them. That's right. Yeah. And I think that's a pleasing thing because we played Bristol Rovers who were on a good run and we made them look fairly moderate. We played Plymouth who were on a good run, again we made them look like quite a poor side. And I'm really pleased by that. Um, we talked about Luke Wall 9 and his contribution earlier. I think he's almost made himself indispensable lately in that full-back role. But in light of George Honeyman's injury, do you think there's a place for him potentially further up the field with Adam Matthews slotting back into that right-back role? I think it's time for him to come into the team in, in his natural position. Obviously Matthews played tonight. Denver Hume is on the bench, we've got like enough fullbacks without having to involve him there. Even though he's been he's been good, he certainly doesn't deserve to get dropped, but 
I think the position that Honeyman fills is Lego 9's natural position. Um, and obviously Maguire's our engine as well. Um, so so yeah, I think I think it's time I think to give him a run in obviously we're playing against his old club this weekend as well, so yeah. I, th I think it would be like a real sort of boost of boost of confidence, you know, from, from the manager, like a, yeah. a show of support to say like right okay, I brought you in, I played you there against Charlton, substituted in half time, he hasn't really featured there that much, he's, yeah. he's worked his way into the team, played a lot of substitutes performance, he's scored a few goals as well, I think he's like our fifth choice, fifth top scorer isn't he? He's certainly got the opportunity, I think. The type of goals as well says a lot about Luke O'Neill as a player because even though he's played at right back, his goals have been very instinctive. I mean, against Shrewsbury, he was obviously in more of an advanced position, but he took that goal really well. Charlton, he snuck it around the back for that goal away from home. And then his, but his goal against um, Bristol Rovers in the league, he kind of, he was in the six yard box as a right back. So it just shows he is an instinctive finisher, and Jack Russell's confident on how good his finishing is in the past. So yeah. I do think perhaps he is um, not wasting that right back because I think he's been absolutely excellent. But I think now he is, is his time to shine. Maybe a little bit further yeah. forward. Should Honeyman's injury be worse than we hope? Matthews is an excellent player as well. You know he's he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Matthews has got a lot of skill. And he's got a lot of attacking potential as well. But with 09, I think I think 09 offers something that not a lot of players in the Sonnen team too and that's that's a bit of energy that extra bit of energy and I think um, you know he showed that against Plymouth even yeah. when he was playing right back you know um, with that head of one just before just before Sonnen scored um, just that bit of fight yeah. and I think um, I think playing in that position behind behind the forwards might just give us that little bit of bite yeah. that we've been missing you know because we've been seeing a lot of crosses in they haven't been getting to where they need to get to or, or yeah, it's been a bit hit and miss with the crosses and, and strikers haven't been getting the end of them and Greg maybe you could argue Greg hasn't done as much as we expect him to do or I think with know. Greg it's a little bit of a double-edged sword because when he came I thought he would very much be a player that plays in the width of the penalty area and would be a poacher yeah. but actually we've seen a lot more to his game he makes, Absolutely, some, yeah. he makes really good runs in the channels he makes runs off the defender and his all-round gameplay has actually been far greater than what I thought it would yep. be but maybe his um, finishing hasn't been as good as I would hope so that was why tonight I was absolutely delighted when he slotted that chance away yeah. because that was really good instinctive centre forward play and that was exactly what we hope Will Greg would play and he had a decent overall game tonight so um, on that would you think do you think that Will Griggs um, lived up with expectations since he came in? I think so yeah I think you know it, he looks a lot better than from what we've had in the past, you do, you know, think just we look, do you think we look more balanced with him up front than we did with Badger? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. He's all round player. It's like excellent. I mean, like you say, it's, I think it's quite a surprise to people that I think we we just thought of him as a goal scorer. We didn't really know anything about him. We looked at his stats, and obviously that's what Madger was. But like because Madger was only like 19 and 20 this year, like he he hadn't developed his overall game. You know, he's. Wasn't, he wasn't very strong, his older player wasn't great, but obviously he was scoring lots of goals. But weirdly, Will Griggs been everything that Madger hasn't, and he hadn't really done the goal scoring bit that we expected him to. But obviously, there's a lot of pressure, and it was a massive transition as well. And a lot, of, a lot of pressure on him, a lot of pressure on the on the team. He came in a time when the team wasn't playing that well, so I think now, now that we are, you know, he's he got a bit isolated, sort of. Midway through the first half today, where 
with the sort of with the setup we were playing. But then you know, just when I was beginning to worry about him, he, he popped up with that with that great finish. Yeah. I um, think as well what um, says a lot about Will Grigg is the fact that he's he's now got a moment to cling on to in a Sunderland shirt. He's given us that moment where he's played a part in getting to a team that's got the Wembley. And it's not very often yeah. that sort of the Sunderland sides get the Wembley. Yes, we got there in 2014, but before that it was 1992, the last time we got there. So he's, in a way, been part of like SAFC history. So hopefully that will give him the confidence to kick on. Um, I mean, Lyndon Gooch came in tonight for um, George Honeyman when he came on. And I think it says a lot about Liverpool Knight, the fact that we're championing his cause over Lyndon Gooch. Um, so what do you think of Gooch when he came on and do you think um, he could potentially come in for Honeyman or would you prefer to see O9 playing up there? I prefer to see O9, I think I, th- I think O9's got a lot more to him uh, in terms of in terms of distribution, in terms of wanting to play for a team. Um, Gooch Gooch is a good player, don't get me wrong. Yep. I think Gooch has you know a decent touch. Um, Gooch panics a little bit. Gooch, Gooch wants to play for Gooch, yeah. rather than Gooch wants to play for the team. Um, you know, you, you know, you're talking about like Sonna going to Wembley. These players that we are playing for us right now, they might never yeah. play at Wembley ever again. You see, I think Lyndon Gooch actually loves to the loves the club at the point where he probably sleeps with like Sunderland pajamas on. The planners with you, he's, oh, exactly, he's, yeah. he's that kind of passionate about. It, but I do agree with you that his play maybe isn't reflective of that at times because he does run himself down kind of by like blind alleys occasionally so that's obviously yeah. a weakness in his game and just speaking and it's the same as Watmore as well Watmore's the same I think the thing with Watmore is like Watmore runs in the blind alleys because he runs so hard because he wants to achieve so much yeah. I, th- I think Gooch is the same you know Gooch wants to achieve so yeah. much Gooch wants to do the best for the club but that blinds him sometimes yeah that blinds him like from opportunities and his head's down if you look at Gooch when he's running his head is always looking his eyes are always looking at his feet his eyes are never looking at what's around him it's the same with Watmore Watmore's looking at his feet he's never looking at what's around him and I think that's the difference between somebody like Gooch and Watmore yeah. and Will Grigg so to develop what you're talking about um, Watmore I personally thought that when he first burst onto the scene, he was a bit of a novelty factor when he came on the Premier League, yeah. and I actually felt he um, held his own quite well. And since the injuries, I maybe think it's a little bit unfair to judge him um, until the end of the season. But what would your take be on what more overall as a Sunderland player in his future going forward? To be honest with you, I, I never rated what more. Um, when you go to the match, like you build opinions on players, and some of those opinions are wrong, and you know, I'll stand back and say. I, I supported Jack Bodwell for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I'll support back George Altidore for long so we all made mistakes. <laughs> but, um, Duncan Watmore, when he first came out, I thought he was a good player in terms of he was quick. Uh-huh. He knew where to go sometimes. And he, he, he terrified the shit out of defences sometimes. But, he had no football intelligence. Yeah. No football intention whatsoever. He would run into the worst possible positions. He would cross when he should shoot, uh-huh. and, he, and he would shoot when he should cross. You know what I mean? Um, so for me, Watmore was never a football player. Incredibly nice guy. Incredibly nice guy, and a really, really intelligent bloke. In terms of the football pitch, that nah, that nah, 
not an intelligent footballer at all for me. So, so even in League One, do you not see um, even his value maybe of coming off a bench as an impact sub and stretching the games? I think you said Martin coming out of the ground is you felt that he stretched the game a lot and kept the, the Bristol Rovers defence quite honest in the closing stages. Yeah, well, I think he did, to be honest with you. And I also think, I mean, I don't want to kind of just disagree with Michael because I, I do that enough anyway. But um, <laughs> Which one? <laughs> yeah, well, it, well I, I said it, yeah, they're both Michael. Um, but yeah, I, I think with, I think with what more he's played like fifty games in in four and a half seasons at Sunderland, I think, and he was he, and he, he never he's never quite managed to give that sort of you know when he first came in we, we wanted him to play everyone was saying he was amazing before he was even playing you know because people get excited about young players and and, and, and like judge people immediately and the same way as we judged O nine on like one half against Charlton and people said he was crap. People said, you know, people said various people were poor that game, you know. But I just feel as if, because of his injuries and his age, he's never really been able to learn the things about the game that you do learn. So I think this season is about getting over the injury, come yeah. back with it, come back with the pre-season under his belt, and you might see a different player. If you don't, then then he probably won't be getting much of a game for us because hopefully we'll be playing at, at like a, at a higher level. But I think today when McGeady was tiring. Um, and we and they started playing most of their we were defending quite deep. He he brought Watmore on in the same way as he used to bring O'Neill on earlier on in the season to like stretch the game and like we moved we moved up and, and we put them on the back foot a bit, you know, and um you know, we had we had quite a lot of opportunities and quite a lot of play and we finished the game comfortably because of Watmore, because of his pace, um, because of other people, you know, doing that but it's it's quite weird because he didn't he didn't really do that much. Um, I mean, there was one there was one time when he got caught offside, where like you know like really, if you wanted to explain the offside rule to a four year old, then you could show them you could show them you could show them what happened there um, because all he had to do was do nothing and we would have won a corner. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, um, so just going back to the team selection, we made very few changes as we referred to before, and I think it's evident that Jack Ross prefers Lee Cottonwall and Grant Ledbetter as his midfield pairing with good reason. But Max Power came into the side tonight, so what did you guys make of his contribution? And do you think he made um, a bit of a claim to be started on a more regular basis, or do you think he, his performance tonight was more evidence of why he hasn't been in the side of late? Yeah, I mean, I think I think with power, you know, like I feel as if I prefer McGeer to power. So that's just my personal opinion. So he was obviously only in because like Panama was rested. I think he's a good League One midfielder, but we've got midfielders who aren't League One midfielders like Lee Panama in in League in uh, Grand Ledbetter. It's kind of like turned out a bit unfortunate for Lee Power to be honest with you. If you look at his career, he, he played a lot of games in League One when Wigan went up and then didn't feature as much in the championship. You can say the same about Greg. But Greg looks looks an all-round better player. Um, you know, I think I think at times today Catamore struggles to stamp his authority on sorry, Catamore, I'm just wishing he was there. Um, Power struggled to stamp his authority That's on the how game. much Martin's been converted from hating Lee Catamore in August to I've wishing never, he was here now. <laughs> I've, I've, never, I've never hated him. It was just it was just at the time I thought it would be good if we if we sold him because of the money that he's on. And it didn't look like he was gonna go. I think he would have gone and we would have sold him. But, I do but think yeah, I think Power's probably our fourth best centre midfielder. Yeah. 
I mean, I certainly think that maybe McGee was signed with um, Catamore's departure kind of in mind. So I think he's maybe been a victim of circumstance McGee. And one thing I will say about him, you talked about power maybe not being good enough to make the step up. I actually believe that Dylan McGee in certain games will be good enough to make the step up because I just think his ball retention is so crucial to any team. I disagree with that. I, I, I don't think I don't think McGee was bought to replace Catamore. Okay. Um, I think McGee is a completely different player than Catamore. Um, I mean, I agree with Martin that actually he's uh, he's a really good ball player. You know, if you watch McGee, he rarely loses the ball. Uh-huh. He can turn, he can create space, and I think I love McGee. I think he's. A, I mean, he's a really good player. You look at Max Power, not Lee Power, as uh, <laughs> as Martin called him. Bit of a 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 and that's being honest. I, you know, I, do, I do feel that Max nice Power. Guy, but, but I don't see what he brings to the midfield. I do think he's been um, unlucky because I do feel when he first came in, the side he was quite dynamic. And um, I feel that um, red card at Walsall knocked the stuffing out of him, whether it was legitimate or not. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think that's kind of too easy because um, he'd never had a red card before. No. Before he came to Solomon's. And, and if. If that red card like kind of knocks your stuffing out, then then what kind of player are you? You know what I mean? Oh no, but I feel it was um, the Oxford red card. And he just came back from that, and he got another dismissal at Bradford. Then he just came back from that, and he had another dismissal at Walsall. And he maybe felt that his natural game was being restricted somewhat. Yeah, maybe, yeah, but um, but his his natural game isn't isn't that tough tackling. I, 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 I feel that it is though, because I feel that that he's a little bit. Um, like Lee Catamore, the fact he's quite tenacious, he likes to try and win the ball back, he's quite intense, he's quite aggressive. And I think I think he's playing permanently a little bit like how Lee Catamore does when he's on a yellow card. But do you not think that's maybe because he's played for a big team and he wants to prove himself and he's trying to kind of get over that whole kind of big team mentality and he's, he, he's, he wants to be part of it so yeah. much, so much, that he's diving into tackles and things like that. Yeah, maybe. Um, as I say, you made very valid points there. But as I say, I think the power is a little bit of a shame because he had such a good start in the Sunderland shirt. But I think the good news is that we now have an established partnership with um, Catamore and um, Grant Ledbetter yep. going forward. Um, so, what do you think of Ledbetter tonight? I thought he was excellent. He's, he's yeah. been excellent every game. I mean, like, funny enough, he did actually get criticism people who probably don't understand football. Like, when he, like, when he first started <laughs> playing, so oh, it's just all sideways and, like, there's nothing wrong with passing the ball sideways, uh, passing backwards and loot or lose possession. Maybe there's something wrong with that. But I think he's shown from his set pieces and from his set pieces, like you know, he's been really, really good. Um, I think I think later on in the game he was probably pretty much like running the game for me. He probably did miss Lee Catamol in the, in the first half. Um, just having that like engine round him. I think. Leopard was um, Leopard was one of those signings for me. I couldn't see the point. Of, I couldn't see the point of it because I looked at the midfield, and we have a load of midfielders, set midfielders. But when he played his first game for us, maybe not his first game because he was a bit kind of off kilter in his first game. But but, yeah. but give it a couple of games, and you saw the value we added. 
not so much to the team in general, but to but even, even in his first game, he played the pass for McGeady yeah. to win the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those, those corners, those corners that he made, we've scored goals from as well. I think, I think Ledbetter has created space for, for, for like him, Catamol, Honeyman. I know Honeyman's injured now, but you've got three northeast midfielders playing in the centre of the park for Sunderland and they actually get it and I think that creates so much of a spirit for the whole team that it kind of fires the whole club on. No I would certainly agree with that so um, I think we've um, waffled on enough there so um, I'll just um, wrap things up by um, asking if any important comments any of the lads would like to have before we wrap it up. Whatever will be, will be We're going to Wembley So that aside, just before we go I'll just say that for all the years that we've been suffering over the last few years All of the back to back relegations, winning three home games a season and all that we've gone through, we deserve that tonight. That win was for the fans, we deserve it. So go down to Wembley, get mortal, enjoy your cheesy chips, and I'll end up there. I've been Michael Loft, your host. Thank you very much to Michael Conroy and Martin McFadden, and we're going to Wembley, lads.